This is Mrs. Lassiter's list of AP Biology tips. Welcome. If you're tuning in, you're interested in learning more about the AP Biology exam. In this third episode, we'll discuss some hints and tips for completing the grid-in section. Check out earlier episodes for more information on the exam overview, FRQ tips, reading and note-taking skills, and more. Later episodes will cover more exam strategies as well as content review. A quick reminder for how to use this podcast. These are meant for the purpose of review. For grid-ins especially, these are best learned through practice. The same can be said for FRQs. A lot of what we'll cover today pairs well with a visual, but since this is a podcast, I'll do my best to describe things. If you're free to go over some released grid-ins on your own when this podcast is done, it's highly recommended. All right, so let's talk about these grid-ins. Remember, the grid-ins take place during section one of the exam. In section one, there's two parts, parts A and part B. Part A is the 63 multiple choice questions that is gonna be all about your content knowledge and science practices. And then part B is gonna be the six gridding questions that require you to integrate your science and your math skills. And the whole of section one, so part A and part B is 90 minutes total. There is no break in between. So you have to budget your own time for how long you're gonna spend on those 63 multiple choice and those six grid-ins. We'll talk a little bit later about how to best strategize for that. So grid-in questions are mostly math-based and you must correctly grid-in your numerical or your decimal or your fraction response in the special space that they give you on the answer sheet. When we look at our answer sheet, you're gonna see a special type of grid for the grid-in, obviously, and that grid-in is gonna have columns with different symbols on it. So uh, you can start your answer in any column and extra columns that you do not use can be left blank. You do not need to bubble anything for those. There is a negative symbol in case your answer is negative as well as fraction and decimal symbols as well. So you should not uh, write in units uh, for this part of the exam. So FRQs are a different story. Always write your units on your FRQs if you have a numerical response. But in this case, there's no space to write units, so just write the numbers and the symbols that go along with those numbers. So for example, 0.5 or one, uh, your fraction symbol, and then two. And remember, you're only gonna wanna bubble one circle per column, and the directions should be pretty specific about how to round your answer. So a good thing to note is that many grid and responses are actually accepted within a range. So for example, anything between 8.2 and 8.9. Also, unless it specifies for a fraction or specifies for a certain numerical value, you could write 0.5 and 1 over 2 and you would get the same points for that response. It's considered the same thing. So unless it specifically tells you otherwise, you can get away with doing both, or well, one or the other. Again, the direction should tell you how specifically to round your answer. Sometimes it'll say to the nearest tenth, to the nearest whole number, to the nearest hundredth. If you're worried about sig figs, don't be. The exam will tell you pretty much how many decimals uh, places to include regardless of sig figs, so just follow the instructions as best you can. Now make sure, too, to actually follow those instructions. If it says two decimal places and you put one, you will be marked wrong. If it says three decimal places and you put four, you will be marked wrong. So please make sure you follow what the instructions say. Again, pay very close attention to those instructions. If it tells you what percent of something, then you should probably put, if your answer was 50%, you should probably put five zero and not 0 0.5, because then that would be uh, half a percent. So make sure you're answering exactly what they want you to answer. And speaking of numbers, let's review our number places because this is what can trip some students up even if they know the correct answer. So for example, if I did 0 0.23, the two is in the tenths place and the three is in the hundredths place. So after the decimal, it goes tenths, hundredths, 
thousandths and then ten thousandths. You probably won't be asked to round to the ten thousand before the decimal point. So if I had 5.1, for example, that five would be in the ones place. Now if I have had 25.1, that two is in the tens place, the five is in the ones place, and the point one is in the tenths place, and that is following the decimal point. All right, how much are these worth? Now, it's gonna change a little every year because these will be weighted a little bit differently, but these grid ends are, because the weightings change, these will be worth a little bit more than each multiple choice section question, but um, they will not be worth a huge, huge portion of the exam if you totally bomb this section. Now you should budget your time to work on these, but don't budget too much time that you're sacrificing your answers on the multiple choice section. Remember section one, which is part A and part B, the multiple choice and the grid in total, is only 50% of your score. The other 50% comes from the free response questions. So because there's only six grid in, you can kind of imagine that even if you get every single grid in question wrong, you could still score very well on the exam if you do well on the other parts. Again, like any part of the exam, it's important to give your best shot to this. And again, don't save them to the end to the last two minutes to do grid ins really quickly. And I would take a look at them at the start of the exam as well, just so you know what's coming later on and be aware that you will have to budget your time to answer them if you know what kind of questions are coming up. At this point, I think it's a really good idea for you to go and practice some grid -ins. We'll do a lot of practice in class as well, but more the more practice, the better. Thanks guys. AP Biology is a trademark registered by the College Board, which is not affiliated with and does not endorse this podcast.